Ag State of Mind, episode 142. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, as always, Jason Meadows, and today I am joined by Debbie Despain. Despain, correct? Okay, that's one. I usually try to make sure of that right before I <laughs> before I start here, but uh, I got it right just uh, by uh, uh, my own accord. Debbie reached out to me, and she wanted to chat a bit about mindfulness and what that looks like and what it can look like and how important it is in just this ever fast-paced society and things that we are doing. And you know, I know for me, mindfulness is a huge part of what I do. And um, I know that whenever I get in a rut, I find that it's probably because I am... Uh, out of alignment as Debbie was and I were talking before we started recording. So, uh, Debbie, I appreciate you coming on the Ag State of Mind podcast and welcome. Thank you, Jason. It's great to be here and uh, I'm glad that we were able to connect. Um, it's, it's something I'm very passionate about and, you know, as I said, interesting how we ended up connecting by a piece of mail that was delivered to the Isn't that address. funny how that works? <laughs> you know, I... I don't believe in coincidence. I believe things all happen for a reason. Um, so I, <laughs> I just can't, it's funny that that that's how it happened. And, you know, you saw what you saw and, and saw it. Uh, was it an article with me in it? Is that what it was? I don't. Publication, the uh, right. progressive cattle um, publication that you had written an article in. And when I got my mail out of the box, I saw, this, you know, this isn't for me. And something made me carry it into my house where which as i talked about you know if i'd been in an unmindful place i would have tossed it back in and let the carrier get it the next time but as i walked in and i looked at the cover of it i saw one of the titles on there wellness of mind which was the article that you had written and i was like okay maybe this isn't a mistake maybe i'm supposed to see this and that led me to sitting down and reading your or article. And then I saw you had your podcast and immediately wanted to listen. Um, so it just kind of went from there. And I'm like, I love this person's, you know, point of view. I love their attitude. I like what you're trying to do with bringing this into the spotlight, especially in the agricultural community. Everyone needs this. I don't care who you are, but I feel like that me now being out on a farm back on the family farm it's you know it is something that i am seeing a need for as well so so i ended up something told me after i listened to that podcast to send you an email and as i stated in it uh, at the end i'm not even sure why i'm supposed to send this but when i'm given those feelings i really try to to follow them and one thing i've learned um myself is we can't get those feelings or maybe we don't pay attention to them like we 
good if we are stressed out, if we have anxiety going on and all these things, we're so wrapped up in that, we miss some really good juicy things that can happen. So I'm thankful that, you know, I was in a place where, okay, this was not coincidence. I was supposed to see this and here we are. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And I love that you found that article because from my perspective, that's the best one I've ever written. That's how I feel about it. I feel like it was a most the most complete article, and I'll I'll link it on where f- people can find it. It's on Progressive Farmer. Actually, reached out to me. I'm sorry, Progressive Cattlemen, uh, and I I really enjoy Progressive Cattlemen and their publication. So it was really cool for them to reach out to me, and you know I've made I've made actually several connections over that over that article and 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 the podcast that went along with it. So I I'm I find it just very peculiar interesting and i mean like it was meant to be that you got that piece of mail to the wrong address uh, so tell me a little bit about you yourself your background and then we'll go from there and we'll discuss kind of what mindfulness even is Okay. Um, well, I have been a massage therapist, a board certified therapist since 2010. That's sort of where my journey started <clears throat> and had, you know, some good mentors in my life at that time that started to teach me more about even just meditation in general. And then from that, uh, when I went into my field thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life because I, I really enjoy helping people feel better. It was only a couple of years into it that I realized there was something else coming for me. I didn't know what it was, but mm-hmm. I would know when I know. So what I started recognizing was I was working with so many different ages from young kids to 84, I think was my eldest client, but I also did a lot of work, sports work with a local college that that was close to my office. But I started seeing this pattern with people of, you know, overall people had the house car, the money, that kind of thing. But what I was seeing was people were not happy. And I'm like, okay, there's something wrong here. There's, there's something that people are lacking because a lot of times people would come to me for, you know, to receive body work uh, or because I usually work with people that we're working on specific issues, but a lot of times people weren't even ready to be on my table. Um, they needed to be in a different place. And I love giving people tools so that they have something when they walk out the door to help them, something they can go to because we can't be in a massage therapist office, you know, every week. We would love to, but life doesn't let us do that a lot of times. So I wanted to, you know, start giving them some kind of tools and that led me to learning more about mindfulness. And this was back in like 2014 before (laughs) the word mindfulness Mm -hmm. you barely heard, especially in my part of the country. And so then I, I, actually linked with a young man who was going to the university. Our paths were brought together um, in a sushi restaurant of all places. Um, It was just one of those times when I felt like, oh, don't want to cook tonight. I'm going to go do this. It's half price sushi night and it may be busy, but it's okay. You know, I'm in no hurry. And I walk in and I would usually sit at the bar area because it was just me and there was one seat left. 
And I thought, well, it must be my seat. And so I walk up and this young man is sitting there and I was like, is anybody sitting here? He's looking at his phone and he smiled and said, no, ma'am. And I talk about how we have these forks uh -huh. in the road every day, uh, numerous times throughout the day. And depending on where we are mentally, we're gonna make different choices. And my fork in the road at that moment was I'd ordered my food and it was, okay, Debbie, are you just going to sit here, wait for your food, eat and go home? Or are you going to have a conversation mm -hmm. with this young man? And as soon as I had that thought, there was this overwhelming feeling to say something. So I said, oh, do you go to school at Western? And he was like, yes, ma'am. And he put his phone down and it went from there. And when he said to me, when I asked him how far along he was, he goes, not as far along as I should have been. Uh, and told me about his journey just immediately opened up to me and that he was back in school and getting ready to graduate in the next semester. I kept looking at him going, gosh, this person looks familiar to me, but maybe I'm just confusing him with, you know, someone else. And he just, we, we continued to talk and he was like, well, what do you do? And I said, well, you know, I'm a therapist, but I'm getting more into mindfulness and he goes oh wow how crazy because i have a lot of big decisions coming up and i thought that maybe meditation something in the mindful arena would be good for me and i was like mm -hmm. well here we go you know so we sat there and talked and i know this is going to sound crazy because at that time i was like in my mid to late 40s he's you know a almost a senior in college we talked for three hours and as we talked, I said, oh, do you work and go to school? And he goes, yes, ma'am. I work at Red Lobster. And I went, that's it. And he goes, what? And I said, I came in early in the spring. You waited on me. I, I remember writing on your receipt, you have an incredible attitude. You're going to do big things in this world. And he looks at me and he goes, oh my gosh, that was you. And I said, obviously, there's something we're supposed to do, but we didn't get it the first time. Let's just become friends and see what that is. Um, and so that led us to starting down this path of doing mindfulness work. And I ended up taking us both to UC Berkeley. They were having their first conference at the Greater Good Science Center, where they study a lot about the brain, uh, bringing mindfulness into the workplace. And that following following fall, we went to DC for another conference. And, but the, the California conference is where I met Wendy Kwan, who had started doing workshops. Actually, it was her first one uh, that I attended there. <clears throat> and that led to me getting certified through her with mindfulness meditation facilitation. And now she has grown and working with people all over the world it's just been, it just unfolds every day. There's something new that happens and I just love how this all works. So super interesting. You, there's, there's a couple of things there that I kind of want to unpack a little bit. Um, okay. You, you mentioned, you mentioned, and it's probably something you said off, you know, just kind of, you didn't realize it, um, but it's something that I, that really hit home to me and you talk about mindfulness not being something that is like a that's a hard thing to even grasp in your part of the country and I feel like you and I are in pretty similar parts of the country and the fact that that's not something that is I mean 
again, like I, the question I even asked, I have written down here is what even is mindfulness, you know? And I think that's a, probably a question that a lot of people may have. I mean, I know what it means for me, but I'm curious, you know, how would you define that to someone who you may meet in Franklin, Kentucky or Cuba, Missouri? You know what I mean? And I've heard so many different descriptions. Yeah, and I don't think there's one. I do think that's it's something that's an individualized thing. Exactly. But a good general description of mindfulness for me would be, you know, being able to have the ability to be fully present in any given moment uh, and not, you know, learning to, to utilize being present and not reacting to things, but you learn to be with it more and step back and, uh, is that what I want to put out there? Mm-hmm. And the more that you do it, the easier it gets. It is, it is, it is being aware. I mean, you can even just live your life more mindfully. Everything from what we put in our bodies to how we spend our time, how we react to people, because there, as, as we know, there's so much going on in our world right now that so many people are reacting to. And, and I feel like sometimes people want to push against everything they don't want. And what they're not understanding is, even though it's something you're saying you don't want and you're pushing against it, you're still creating an active vibration around the thing that you don't want. So how do we, how do we do something different? Will we start and we get in a mindful place and and we just get with something and we go, what, what is it that I'm wanting to put out there about this? So we want to bring in, you know, yes, it, it is about that power of thought and what we are putting out there in the world. And if I'm anything, maybe I'm a perspective changer. I try to get people to look at things from a different perspective. And sometimes when we feel like, oh, you know, there's just nothing good going on in the world and all these things are happening, I'm quick to speak up and go, there are wonderful things going on in the world, but you have to be willing to stop and look for them and be aware of them and come from a place of, of gratitude and appreciation. You know, me doing what I do on a daily basis, still there are times I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh yes, everything is all roses in my world because there's going to be challenges that come up. But the key difference is how are we going to deal and react with that? I know in my original email to you, I shared a little bit because I was trying to give you a snippet mm-hmm. of who I was and mm-hmm. I wasn't some crazy person out there trying to contact you. But being back on the farm, you know, that was a big thing for me. I I had no plans of going back to the farm, but what happened? You know, COVID hit. I happened to go back and spend some time with my mother because my mother at that time was about 80 something told me I needed to go spend some time with her and I could still do my work. And then what happened? COVID hit. So I was there longer on the farm. Then my mother got sick and then we were taking care of her at home, spending her final time there. That in itself, and I know there's so many people out there dealing with being a parental caregiver. And I learned so much. I learned a lot that I really didn't know but 
I also used those tools of what I had learned to help me through that situation. We had hospice come in, they were, they were amazing. And, but even having all those tools, there were some days when it was still tough. Sure. And, mm-hmm. and what it made me think about was what about the people that don't have those tools? Mm-hmm. How, how are they dealing with mm-hmm. it when I know how I dealt with it, with the tools that I had? But even, even though it was tough, I kind of looked at all of that of like, wow, I'm so thankful that I was in a place that I could be home with my parent and that I did have good friends and family to help out. And so I tried to twist it into something that was more positive and that my mom was able to be there because I had friends that lost parents that couldn't be with. Mm-hmm. Right. They may have been in nursing homes and so forth and they weren't allowing visitors. Sure. So, you know, you can take any situation and try to find something good from it. You know, that's an overreaching theme of my life right now is perspective, right? And I think it perspective comes from having that proper mindfulness. And before we started recording this last week, my one of my son, I was telling you, and you saw him come in here to give me some water. Um, he broke his collarbone Um, and it's been an incredibly tough thing for us as his parents to grasp first of all you know the first initial thing of the pain that he was in you know if I could have taken that pain away from him and 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 put it on myself I would have but obviously that's not possible Um, so trying to be there and make him as comfortable as possible but where perspective comes in is he broke it before even the 1st of July. So his summer isn't really even halfway over. So, you know, you get to start to thinking about all the negative things that can, that come from him losing his summer. He has a 4-H steer. He's not going to be able to show that steer himself. He's going to have to have somebody help him. So it's going to put an additional burden on somebody else. He was supposed to show his horse at the fair as well. Now we have big plans after baseball season is over. He's We're going to ride horses all the time. And you know, all these things, and you know, he's not going to get to go swimming a lot. Uh, so, you know, yeah, there's a lot of um, really negative potentially things that are coming out of, of, of that break. Right. But then I got to thinking about, we got to thinking about all the good things that manifested because of it. He is very fortunate to be in this situation because he has two parents who are healthcare providers. I, his mother's a nurse. I'm a pharmacist. We are able to help him Get, keep that pain under control through, you know, even just with our OTC meds and, and trying to make him comfortable. Our best friend is actually an orthopedic, is his orthopedic PA. So we got directly in, didn't even have to go to the ER. We went directly to the office for x-rays. So, I mean, that saved us a lot of time, money, stress, all these things. We have people who care about him. You know, he's, we live 12 miles outside of town and he's had several people come bring him things, you know, his grandma, his friends, and we just, everybody we talk to asks about him. You know, yeah, it, it would be really easy 
to focus on the negative things, right? I mean, because there are, there's plenty of, ne- and we don't want to put those away. We don't want to like say, we don't want to ignore those because that that causes problems in itself. But we want to recognize the problems and, and, and the misfortunes, but also at the same time, take time to be grateful for things. You know, so I mean, that's been an over, perspective has been an overarching theme in our lives lately. And... You know, and, and I think I think practicing mindfulness every single day has helped both his mom and I, and even him. I you know, he he's he's our child who's who who is very he struggles emotionally and mentally sometimes, but he's done a lot of work on himself, and that's another thing. We're glad it didn't happen this time last year because he none of us were in a good as good a place as we are now. So I mean, it's just a one simple example from my life that's happening right at this moment that I can attribute to why perspective and mindfulness has come so important into play there. Absolutely, and you know another. You know, thinking of like your son, my grandkids and so forth, their worlds are so different from when we grew up because you have this social mm-hmm. media piece. And and even with with people like my daughter's age, you know, they the social media platform, like, yes, there's great things that you can do with it, things like this and so forth. But there's also a lot of things out there that aren't their best. So you've got people posting, you've got people posting things about their life. Of course, they're going to be putting the best stuff out there. Then that leads other people to think that are having the issues go on in their life. You know, it could be everything from, from like things happening with like your son. It could be someone that is having an issue with infertility, all these different things. And they see these other people, oh, but everything's so perfect in their world. world. And, and I've actually had some of my daughter's friends call and talk to me, mama Debs, you know, can we talk about this? And I never give them answers. I always give them questions to find their own answers. But I said, you have to, sometimes you have to ignore that. You have to turn that off. You're seeing things that aren't always the way that it is. And that is one of the things that I think that attracted, you know, my thoughts and, and to you, especially after I listened to a couple of your podcasts, I love how you just keep it real. You're not trying to paint a picture of, oh no, our world is perfect (laughs) here. You know, we've got it going on. Because even those of us that are doing even this mindfulness work every day, there are things that happen in our lives and people need to know that. they It's about the experiences that we have and the stories we have to tell. So, you know, I try to get people to look at it from, let's say you walk into a Minute Mark to buy gas or to, you know, get something and you get somebody at the counter that maybe they don't you know, they don't respond in the way we think they should respond to us. And instead of us getting mad and upset, I always make a point of like looking at their name tag and I'll go, hey, so-and-so, you know, how, how is your day going? And sometimes it's just that fact of, of people going, wow, like somebody actually stopped to ask me, how is my day going? Or giving a smile, a smile can go such a long way, but we've just, we've become, you know, we've kind of become this Amazon society of, we want everything when we want it, you know, depending on where you live, you can have something same day. And it's like, that's how how we want our life to go. We want everything right when we want it, instead of being mindful, 
letting things unfold in a more organic way. And I'm telling you, I know from my own experience, watch what can happen when you just simply allow yourself, I call, you know, tune in and tap in to what's going on in that present moment and then take it from there. And, you know, one of my more challenging times that I've had mindfulness wise, trying to help someone would be a very dear friend of mine that here in the last six months lost a daughter during childbirth. Um, it, her granddaughter is doing great and, and so forth, but lose, you know, it, it's, it was such a mixed bag. It was supposed to be such a happy sure. time yeah. in their life, but then you had this piece of, you know, losing someone and, you know, I, it's been, it's been a journey, sure. you know, I, there, there are no words, no. you know, there are no, no, no words no. that you can say to heal that pain, but you just give the tools that you can, and then they, you know, hopefully it helps them to find their way a little bit more. And if she were sitting here beside me, she would say, oh my gosh, yes, it's been a journey. And sometimes I've had to, to go, okay, stop and think about your reaction, you know, think about that reaction. And I, I hope I never have to know how that feels, but I just try to help keep the perspective in somewhat of a positive place as, as much as you can in that situation. So yes, there are all these, there are all these things going on and, and it, we need to surround ourselves with people who are grounded, mm -hmm. who are because we lean on each other. It's going to be an off day for me. Hey, I'm going to call up someone that I feel like that is grounded and centered and, and help me get through that moment. And that's what we should do as a whole in this country is instead of everybody butting heads over everything, mm -hmm. you know, why can't we come together more for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And even with my grandkids who one's three and a half and one is seven, they were with me all week this week. And I tried to incorporate some mindful activities. And we, even with the two of them talk about how they react to each other sometimes. Right. And, you know, I've, I've even said to my granddaughter this week, do you want to be a leader or do you want to be a follower? Uh-huh. So they can get it. They start getting it early, but what do they do? They watch us. Right. Oh my they, gosh. Yeah, they do. Sometimes, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I was, all of this has got me thinking of something I listened to actually last night. I listened to a podcast with uh, Ryan Holiday, who is, he has the website, The Daily Stoic, which stoicism is something that I have helped helped me has helped me a really a long ways in my mindfulness journey and uh, he talked about like we we all have like this say we all have this certain bandwidth right let's say it's a hundred we all get a hundred I don't know what that necessarily but like a hundred parts of bandwidth and we're in charge of what we give that bandwidth to. So let's say somebody is putting negative stuff out on social media or anywhere. It just social media is the part he used. How much of that bandwidth does that take up? 
I mean, the more intense it gets, the more and more it takes away. And that takes away energy from other things that are way more productive. So that's why that's how I've been able to to see things as far as perspective is concerned is, is this worth my time and my energy, my emotions to spend the time on it? And if it is something that I feel like is, now I fail at this. I don't, I don't, I don't do this a hundred percent perfect, you know, cause I do, I do waste time and re, and sometimes, you know, understand that I don't do it uh, the way I should. But uh, if we are to be the most effective, we, we take that, we look at that circle, that hundred, that, that pie chart of our bandwidth and, we be, start to become really mindful and attentive to what actually gets our attention. And that's been really helpful to me is, you know, I, I do, a, I do a lot of things, right? I do so many things, but the reason I'm able to, I feel like I'm able to do so many things is I do things that take that, that, that are worth my time and energy right they're worth the the piece of the pie of my of the bandwidth that i that i give to them and that's been really helpful for me and helps me sift out a lot of things that don't really matter anymore and that's again that's another thing i i, I continue to talk about lately is things things that really matter things that are Ever since my wife and I have been married, we, we we have this kind of little saying that we say is is think with the eternal perspective, and so I mean basically mm-hmm. it look you look at a situation and say, well, is this going to matter next year or next week or even tomorrow for that matter? And if it's something that's really giving us stress, ninety nine out of hundred times it's going to be a no right? Because it's out of control. It's out of, out of our control. And we have to focus on the things that are within our control to be most effective. And you know, this week's a perfect example of that, of uh, things that are going on uh, inside our world and on the world outside. Um, there's so many things that are out of our control that we just waste our time on. Um, but what we really can do, what we really can do is take care of ourselves and do be our best selves and and serve the people closest to us the mm-hmm. best we can. And then I feel like everything else will fall into line after that. Yes, it, it creates that ripple mm-hmm. around you. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, what kind of what kind of a ripple are we putting out right. there? And, you know, it doesn't matter whatever someone's beliefs are. There's always going to be someone to think something. Sure. Yeah. Having, having been a minister's wife for a number of the years that, that I was married, I saw a lot. I saw a lot of things, a lot of, I was an observer, you know, I observed a lot. And, you know, the thing that I feel like is when when people are so busy wanting to down other people's ideas and beliefs, they've already disconnected with their own. Hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And, and you know, it's, we all grow up differently. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we all grow up with things ingrained in us. And, and, and to be honest, I'm just, one of the things I have so much gratitude for is that I was able to step outside of that and, and be 
able to have an open mind and heart to simply listen to other people, because how can we expect people to listen to our thoughts and ideas if we're not willing to listen to them? Right. They're going to shut, shut you down. Mm-hmm. So you push and push and put out there on social media all you want to. But if you can come from a place of love and compassion, you would be amazed at what you can achieve and what can come together. And, you know, I, I think about, it's just one of my most favorite quotes that I've ever read. And it just resonated so much, but Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, she said, people are like stained glass windows. They sparkle and shine when the sun is out, but when the darkness sets in, their true beauty is revealed only if there is light from within. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so true because it's those times of turmoil, things that come up, those, I call them speed bumps in the road that happen in our life. Mm -hmm. It's like, how are we going to deal with that? How are we going to let that light shine from within when those things happen, how are we going to, we have to be an example. Right. And with kids or with adults, like we have to start reacting the way that we want people to react to us. Yeah. So I feel like this is a very appropriate thing to talk about during this season right now. If you're listening to this at a later date, you know, the And I'm not going to get into politics, but I mean, but I am going to get into the discussion around it and the vitriol that spewed around it. You know, this week was when the aftermath of the decision of the Supreme Court repealing Roe versus Wade. And, you know, I'm going to put personal issues aside with that. But I saw so much hate on both sides of this argument online this week about that. And we just, we get so tunnel vision on things. And I'm just using this as an example because it's on the top of my mind right now. We, we get such tunnel vision and we can't see anybody else's point of view other than ours. And that's when we get into these most uh, divisive and, and polarizing conversations because we can't see the other side of the argument. And the emotions, the emotions take over. And it is such a powerful peace, especially that specific one, you know, for so many people that it just gets out of control. It's, you know, it's like this boulder starting down or, you know, even a a snowball, it starts out small and then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then nobody's hearing anyone because we dig our heels in and, you know, I, I have my own perspective, you know, for, for, for it as well, but you dig your heels in, but you have to be willing to listen. And, and, you know, go back to that mindfulness piece. What is mindfulness? Mindfulness is somebody asked me one time, what was the difference between prayer and, and meditation? And I said, for me, prayer is more about asking. Meditation is more about listening for those answers. Interesting. Interesting. Just being, being quiet, being still, because I've gotten some of my best, thoughts, ideas, and so forth. Sometimes even just driving down Mm. the road and having nothing on. It's just quiet. You're not even thinking about anything. And it's like, oh, wow, there's that, there's that answer that I needed for that particular thing. But 
we have to be willing to get in that place of just having a little bit of stillness because we're all on that hamster wheel so much of our Mm -hmm. day. And, and, you know, even, even, you know, my son and I've had this conversation because he's in a a job now that requires a lot of him time-wise and a lot of responsibility and trying to still have that balance between work and family And all the things that have to be done in between, you know, this as well as anyone, <laughs> you know, I look at it like with my, my dad, when, when he was still living and he was in business for himself, an electrician, a plumber and so forth. And he worked very hard, but by the time he got to the point that he was actually starting to retire and going to sit back and enjoy his health and his mental health had started to take a negative turn. And that's like, well, what's it all for? Like, what are we doing all of this for? If we're just gonna, you know, be so stressed out and have this anxiety, we're doing unhealthy things to our body. And then we, we always keep looking at one day out there, I'm gonna be in that happy place. And everybody is so busy looking on things for things on the outside of them to create that happiness when it really comes from yeah, within. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if this is an actual quote or something I made up. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. So if somebody can tell me, you know, where this actually came from, or if it's actually attributed to me, I don't know. But the, the something that I've heard is depression lives in the past, anxiety lives in the future, but your best self lives in the present time, and. That is very powerful for me because I have always been one of those people who wants to, you know, if this, this happens in this amount of time, then then I'll be happy or, or whatever, you know. And I found out that like thinking like that someday's never going to come, right? Like someday I'll never come if I, if that continues to be my mindset. So just trying to do the best with what I have, that is honestly the only way I'll ever achieve happiness. You know, and I still struggle with that. I mean, there are times I struggle with, you know, being totally present. But I found that when I am at the most peace, I think that's a key word here is peace, not necessarily happy, not necessarily, but at the experiencing joy and, and, and experiencing peace is when I'm being totally present and focusing on the things that matter, like my family, like my health, like my relationship with my creator. Those are the things that really, really matter. And the other th- stuff, again, thinking with that eternal perspective, the other stuff doesn't really doesn't really matter. And I think we get down to the bare bones. I wrote down very early in this conversation where you said, uh, you know, you, you people were coming to you and they were talking about, you know, money and cars and houses and things like that. And, you know, things that society has told us that we need to chase after. But really, in fact, those are no have no bearing on our happiness. And I found myself in that same rut before when, in fact, that those have very little to do with happiness. You know, just, just being in that present moment is the key thing, no matter what you do, no matter where you are in life, whatever. Being in that present moment and, and living where your feet are is so important. 
and I think it's really easy to get caught up in the planning. Yeah. You know, yes, we want to have a plan. You know, we know we've got future things coming. We've got kids going to go to college and we've got this and we've got that or, or whatever they sure. choose to do. And we feel like we have to have this plan. But, you know, the thing that I have found that has been so awesome is I have always had what mm-hmm. I needed when mm-hmm. I had it. And, and what is that called? That's called trust mm-hmm. and faith. We want all the answers now. And that is not how life works because, you know, something that we might be really feeling like we want, and this has happened in my own life. Like I had this plan of, of, of a certain thing and, you know, in my, even in my work career. And I thought this was where I was headed. Well, that didn't work out. But then a couple of years later, I'm like, wow, it's a good thing that didn't work out because that wasn't truly in alignment with what I wanted for myself. I just couldn't see it in that moment because I was so wrapped up in, especially when it comes to our, our, our work and so forth. I, I feel like sometimes we go toward what's What are we going to do in our lives? Oh, something that's good to tell mm-hmm. other people that yeah. I do. Instead of following like what truly cranks your tractor, like what do you get excited about? What do you get passionate about? Oh, well, I can't make money doing that. Well, when I went into the massage therapy field and I I was very fortunate to have great clients, but then when this whole mindful thing came up for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to, how am I going to do that? How am I going to get people to listen to me on that? So what did I do? I started researching and, you know, it was like, one thing after the other happened that opportunity started being put in front of me before I was even truly ready to jump into that. The people were starting to be put in my path to help make that happen. Still to this day, they're being put in my path. I, I, I have no doubt that me getting that piece of Mm -hmm. mail from with your article in it was another piece in there. And I don't even know what all is supposed to transpire, even with our connection here. But then it led me to going, ooh, I need to connect this person mm-hmm. with Jason mm-hmm. because an awesome, you know, and then I've already thought of a couple more. I see myself as this nucleus person. Sure. And I interact with this one and then this one, it's like, oh, I'm, I've got to bring them mm-hmm. together. And it it's just, I, I love it. I just love how this can work, but we have to get ourselves in the right place for those things. Yeah. We call it community building. You know, that's a big, it's another big word that is important to me is community. Creating a group of like-minded people to bounce ideas off of, or have conversations like we are here to help other people out and grow the community because people have very similar lived experiences or have some sort of relatability to what is going on or find some sort of value in what 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 is happening. And creating community is a really important part of what I do, and obviously what you do too. So I mean, that's I I, I feel very fortunate and very happy that that is something that is able to transpire from all these things that both you and I do because building a community is um, is building a foundation building a rock to to where we can continue to build up and build up great things hopefully but it has to come down to having that strong foundation and that community is that strong foundation absolutely and uh, Wendy Kwan who Mm -hmm. I mentioned that I my certification with every year she has built 
this wonderful online community of those of us who have become facilitators and and some of us have gone on to become certified and they're from Mm -hmm. all over the world and it's nice when we we have our quarterly meetings that we get together and talk because you learn so much about even different areas of the country and what's going on you know there in relation to what we do and and it's, it's a great, you know, it's a great time that we can come together and talk about challenges that we faced and so forth. But it's also, it's also very inspiring because, you know, people are utilizing mindfulness in our group in lots of different ways. There's, you know, some that are doing some wonderful podcasts. There's some that are doing work within their own companies because that's a lot of what, what Wendy teaches about, you know, how you can go out there and, get some organization to, you know, come along this mindfulness wagon, so to speak, and, you know, create better workplaces. And that's where we, we, we spend the majority of our waking hours is, is at work. And if it's not a healthy environment, and then you're going home every day, and it ultimately, you know, it can make a lot of people just sick. Sure. Yeah, 100%. And then, you know, I've heard so much conversation around this whole COVID piece. So many people were forced to be at home and work from home. And then it's like, people don't want to go back to that environment. You know, I've heard so many people going, can't find anybody to hire. We're all these people, you know, that aren't working. And I'm like, I get it. Yeah. You know, it it, it forced people to go, wow. So this is what it's like to have a life. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. to get to be home, to get to be with mm-hmm. my kids, to get to do these things like, and then so quickly it starts to change again. And it's like with anything that's happened in our, our country or in our world, you know, when it's, when it's immediately happening, everybody jumps on, oh yeah, you know, we've got to back this. And then before you know it, it fades away. Right. People forget. Mm-hmm. And so backing back into that mindful place and just being aware and it's more than just about everything's bigger than just that one individual yes we have to start with that one individual you know if i can just make a difference for one person Mm -hmm. at a time Mm -hmm. i'm totally cool with that but getting to do some of the group work and so forth you know you're going to have some people that are accepting that are open-minded but i also learned sometimes when you're seeing like body language and so forth and you think somebody is not getting it those are sometimes the people that come up afterwards and go hey i want to have a conversation with you uh-huh. I'm like, wow i didn't even think it you know <laughs> so you know we have to learn ourselves don't don't judge a book by its cover you know we should just put it out there let it be what it is let people take from it what they do live the way we're supposed to live and and be an example not just talk about it and i really do try to do that right i mean and, and still fall short at times i know that sure sure well debbie I, I i really really appreciate you coming on having this conversation and i'm really glad the mailman made a mistake and and was indirectly able to connect us the way that that happened. So I, I, I am so thankful for this conversation and for you being patient with my schedule. Um, it's as we, as I'm, people are very aware of the listen to this podcast. My, my schedule is just all over the place. So I can't honestly can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you 
understanding that. And I think most people do. You know, most people, especially people who understand the life of not just agriculture, but of being a father and being a very present father, like we're talking about, um, and present husband as well. Uh, that's, I, 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 I feel very thankful whenever somebody totally understands that. So know that I really appreciate you and appreciate your flexibility on this and, and wanting to have this conversation. And hey, you know, uh, it all actually turned out well because I was able to have some time on a Saturday morning and you had a place to do it and it uh, worked out really well. So again, I, I appreciate it. Well, thank you for, again, having me on here and just, you know, I'm just, I'm excited to see what is supposed to come from this? I think some good things, you know, so we will stay in contact. We will continue to talk with one another. But if people want to reach out to you after this podcast, how how do folks get a hold of you? Uh, they could contact me by email. It is just debdespain at yahoo.com. I will be glad to also, you can share my number. I have no issues okay. with that whatsoever. So, and we are, uh, the young man and I, Quentin uh, Robinson, that we are doing the mindfulness work together. You know, it's, it's interesting because the work started happening before we were ready. You know, I thought I had to have everything perfect, the website, the, this, the, that, and I'm like, Debbie, Mm -mm. you know, just go with flow. (laughs) Like that will all come. So we're almost finished with the website Mm -hmm. and have that information as well. But I just... I'm just loving the journey. Awesome. Good for you. And I hope your son continues to recuperate in a timely fashion. I think he will. He's, you know, he's young, he's healthy. Uh, he's, he'll be fine. He'll be just, he'll be just fine. It's, and you know what? It's an incredible opportunity for him to practice this mindfulness that we talked about because he's a very active boy and you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge, but you know, we grow from our challenges and you know, we grow through strife. So even though it's very hard on him and his parents, both, we welcome the challenge because we know what, we know what could potentially come from it. Yes, absolutely. And there's, you know, later on, I can share some good links to, you know, if people want to learn more about mindfulness, there's some wonderful material out there, even mindful.org. Okay. They have a publication that comes out monthly that oh, I've just gotten some great information from, and it's very current. So, you know, I'll be glad to share sure. To contact me, I'll be glad to connect. And so, I'll, what I'll have you do is send me those, and I will make a blog post out of this podcast and share all of those links within that that blog post. Wonderful. Well, thank yeah. you again. It's been of course it's been fun. It really has. Thank you. And again, I don't think this is the last time we do this. Nope. You know, I, I think <laughs> we get back to we get back together and we talk more specifics. Okay. So, all right. Awesome. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a happy fourth. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.